0: for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the word of God. And if you, let's, let's pray, because I want to pray God's blessing. Father, Father, we love you. We thank you for God's blessing on this man. We thank you for raising him up. We know that he's just a man. We know that he puts his pants on just like the rest of us. But God, I pray that you'd hide him behind the cross. I pray that you'd give him strength day by day. Everyone wants him. Everyone wants to see him speak. And God, I pray that you'd give him health and strength. And God, I pray that you'd hide him behind the cross today. I pray that he'd remain strong in his faith, and I pray that you'd get the glory out of his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you on?
1: Yes, All right, so as Pastor said, the uh, very first thing we're going to do is thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, uh, I do that at every event that I'm at, and you would be shocked at how much pushback I get on that, on Plat- social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, all that social media universe. People tell me all the time. As a matter of fact, I just got a message, another message the other day from someone who says, You know, well, I support you, but I'm not a Christian, and I think that you shouldn't emphasize Christianity so much because everyone's not a Christian. And, I, I, you know, I kind of wanted to respond back to them. And I've wanted to respond back to several of those folks. But I, I've, I've chosen to do it corporately in venues like this. You know, I'm not a Muslim. I'm not a Buddhist. But I don't fault anyone who is a Muslim or a Buddhist for speaking up for their faith. Why is it that everyone always wants to fault Christians for speaking up for their faith? When was the last time you saw anybody in the public who was a Muslim who chose to give Allah, praise, being demonized? When was the last time you saw a Buddhist being demonized for being a Buddhist? It's always Christians who are told to be quiet, to be silent about your faith. The truth be told, we should be the ones who should be the loudest. Because every good and holy thing that has ever happened on this planet... And yes, in this nation, only came at the behest of Christians. Wasn't any other religion that brought this nation into being. See, I like to say it like this, and this is true. This is a true fact. I believe it with all my heart. What sets this nation apart from any other nation is this. When our founding fathers sat down and wrote that Declaration of Independence, they wrote these words. They said, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal, that they are endowed not by a king, not by a senator, not by a president, not by any man on earth, by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And I believe when God heard those words, he sat up on his throne and he said, that is a nation that finally gets it. That's a nation I can get behind and I will. And you think about it. Even at our inception when we were stained with the filth of slavery, even at our times, at times in this nation at our lowest points, we were torn apart by our civil wars and we were involved in world wars. You think about who it was that brought us through. We didn't go back and reach back to some uh, egghead that thought he had all the solutions. We had pastors and presidents and pundits that got down on their knees The churches were full at the worst times in this country. That's what brought us through. One of the things that blows my mind more than anything, I can remember distinctly before 9-11 happened. And I can think about all the anti-Christian rhetoric that I heard coming from the news media and coming from education and coming from every corner in this country. But when those buildings came down and we saw that mass murder happen right in front of our eyes, this country ran back to God. They ran back to that flag and see something tells me that if you stayed there up underneath it, maybe that never would have happened. That's what brings us through at every turn. And that's what lets us know that Christianity is what sets us apart in this world. It's what set this nation as a shining light on a hill. It's not those founding documents, it's what's behind those founding documents and what's behind those founding documents. Is the word of God and his wisdom and the faith that we have in. It. And so we give him thanks first and foremost, as always. So what are we going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about something that I talk about a lot. I'm not going to talk about politics. I'm going to talk about the opposite of politics. You see, there are a lot of churches out there. I've heard a lot of pastors say this. Oh, uh, I'm not political. And my church is not political. We don't do politics. Pastors who say that they're not political are oftentimes politically correct. What do I mean by that? Pastors that say that they're not political are the ones that are kowtowing to the federal government. They're the ones that are afraid to speak up about the issues that they need to speak up about because they're afraid folks might start leaving from the pews. They're afraid to speak up for those issues because they're afraid the federal government might come in and snatch away that you know, their tax-exempt status. They're afraid because the news media might come in and say something bad about them. Pastors who say they're not political are politically correct. In short, they're nothing but cowards. And why do I say that? I say that because of this. The issues that face this nation and this world are not political. We have turned those things over to the politicians. Things that we should be dealing with right here in the church. We have turned over to the politicians. And because of that, we are creating, literally, creating chaos. You see, the church has the answer. Politicians don't have the answer. To a politician, the answer is, I'm going to write a bill that's going to make me look good so I can get reelected. That's the politician's solution. The church, the word of God has the solution. And we turn these issues over. We're turning them over to people that don't have our best interests at heart, that are not going to put God's wisdom into it. And what are those issues? Number one issue on my radar is this. I tell people all the time, certain things I ain't going to give on. I don't care what they say about me. I don't care what they call me. I'm not going back on it, not turning back on it. And the number one thing is abortion. I don't care who you are. I don't care how cleaned up y'all. I don't care how many PhDs and ABCs you got behind your name. If you believe in abortion, I'm not voting for you and I'm not riding with you. See, abortion is not just, it's not a political issue. Because I'm going to tell you something. When it comes time to pay the bill for abortion, we're not going to pay that bill to the Supreme Court or the Senate or the Congress. Some foreign country, we're going to pay that bill right here, and it's going to be paid to Jesus Christ. We're going to have to give an account as to why we stayed silent while innocent life was taken with impunity in this nation. Time and time and time again, it's going to be a price to pay because of that. Just like there was a price to pay for the awful sin of slavery in this nation. and Boy, did we pay it. Oftentimes we forget what a terrible time this nation went through over that pivotal issue All the hundreds of thousands of lives and all the blood that was shed over that sin Abortion is the same way This nation that calls itself a free nation whose first tenant our very first tenant in our founding documents is the right to life That's not hard to understand the right to life We'll have to give an account why in this nation where we say that life is the very first tenet of our founding documents. Why we're so willing to snatch life away, innocent life away, without even a second thought. You know, it, it grieves me when I see people standing outside of prison, protesting the death penalty for some mass murderer, some person that's killed 20 people four or five people or grievously killed some family, family or some grievously killed some children. People will stand outside and protest those people's execution and lament about how the death penalty is not right for criminals who have committed these, these egregious crimes. Meanwhile, some of those same people will stand outside and gleefully invite people to come into the abortion clinic Kill babies that are blameless in this world. You see, God said he knew us before he formed us in the womb. That's all I need to hear to know. That that's a human being inside that womb. It's not your body anymore. It's not your body. And when I say it's not your body, I'm talking about the daddies too. Can't leave them out of the equation because I firmly believe. If it wasn't for so many of these sorry rascals out here that won't take care of their children and would stand up and make a home with these women, they wouldn't be running to that abortion clinic. So as a man, I don't blame the abortion crisis on women. I blame it on men who have abdicated their throne as fathers and heads of their household. But it is not a political issue. It is a spiritual issue It needs to be picked up, a mantle that needs to be picked up by the church and pastors, and you all should be consider yourselves lucky to sit under one who's not afraid because in this day and age, they are rare. And another issue, and this it's going to sound kind of funny to some people, and I've had people question me about this. Another issue is this Second Amendment thing, a thing called the Second Amendment. Now, why in the world would I be standing up here in the pulpit talking about owning guns and having the right to keep and bear arms? How in the world would you say that's a spiritual issue well let's just go back to the founding documents we don't even really have to go back to the Bible and there's plenty of examples in it where Jesus told folks they should own a sword You know, go get your sword you need your sword you know you don't need a sword for cutting down grapes and you know chopping up vegetables we all know what a sword is for but then our founding document it said rights come from God now I want you to think about this to every animal God has given the ability to defend itself you know I was reading a story one time about slugs garden slugs garden slugs are little disgusting creatures that make your skin crawl when you see them they look absolutely objectionable like ugh a garden slug but God didn't even leave the garden slug out Garden slug has little enzymes in it that make it unappealing for folks to eat. Certainly, we wouldn't want to eat them. But even some animals look at garden slugs and find them unappealing because there's an enzyme in them that gives off something that drives creatures away. And there's even an inside enzyme in some of them that if creatures eat them, they'll automatically spit them out. God gave the garden slug, a way to defend itself. Now, if God gave the garden slug a way to defend himself, what makes you think he didn't give man who he created in his own image a way to defend himself? Those AR-15s and Glock 9 millimeters and 45 calibers, where do you think they came from? Who do you think inspired them? God knew the world he was putting us into. So he formed in our mind the ability for us to be able to defend ourselves from anybody who may threaten us. We're going to go ahead and get this out of the way right now. That Second Amendment is written in that Constitution. Ain't got a thing in the world to do with hunting. The men that wrote that wrote it after they had to free themselves from tyranny. They weren't being tyrannized by deer and elk and ducks. They were being tyrannized by men who had their thumbs on their necks, who considered themselves to be God on earth. We had to show them the what for what we had in our hands. So that Second Amendment, that right to keep and bear arms, that is a spiritual issue that needs to be taken up right here in this church to make sure that God's people have a way to defend themselves. Because let's think about what has happened and transpired over just the last 10 years. People used to tell me I was crazy and i say there's going to be a day one day when jackbooted thugs would walk into the church and shut the church down and tell you you couldn't have church. They used to literally tell me I was crazy. That would never happen in America. <laughs> Guess what just happened last year? All across this country, all around the world, you had jackbooted thugs going into churches. telling them if you don't shut this place down, we'll lock it up and burn it to the ground. Our own governor did it. Told you you couldn't assemble to worship. Why do you think we need a way to defend ourselves? Because tyranny doesn't stop. And tyranny doesn't come from men. Tyranny comes straight from the devil himself. But our founding fathers gave us a way. And this church must pick up the mantle. The church must pick up the mantle to protect freedom. So that Second Amendment, that is a spiritual issue. What else is a spiritual issue? The pastor touched on just a minute, a minute ago. This is one of the biggest ones. Education. When it comes to education, I'm going to show you what the saints have done with education. Here's exactly what the saints, the church, has done with education. They have turned their backs and turned it over to a bunch of people who do not have your best interests at heart. And Certainly don't have your children's best interests at heart. I Sit on the state school board every day And one word I hear more than anything the one word I hear more than education. It's this crazy word They got that got equity 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 we got to make sure everything is Equity equity I get so tired of hearing that word. I don't know what to do It's not about education anymore folks Tell you exactly what it's about. It's about a word we call indoctrination. That's what's going on in our schools. People don't like to hear it, they don't want to hear it, but that's what's going on. Why should the church pick this up? Because I'm gonna tell you like this, if you study through history, the church is the one that formed the schools. Wouldn't be no public education if it wasn't for the church. Even the higher education, Harvard itself, was formed by the church. Public education was championed by folks in the church using Christian principles. There used to be a time in this nation you couldn't walk into a, in a, a school and not see the Ten Commandments, not see a Bible, not see folks praying. And the further we move away from it, the further we find our schools in chaos. The very moment they fired God from a public school when they said no more prayer was the very moment public schooling started to take a nosedive. And it's been headed towards the ground ever since. And there are still people that don't believe it. Even through all the chaos that we saw in public schooling during the 1970s. Even when we, what we saw through the 1980s and the 1990s. We have reached a point in public schools now where first off, we're telling our children, uh, don't be so sure you're a little girl or a little boy. You know, you can question that. You know, nothing blows my mind like this. There are people out there that think that I'm a 53-year-old man with no criminal record, served in the United States military, I, shouldn't it be, I should not be able to own an AR-15. Now, I got four AR-15s, possibly more. <laughs> and my AR-15s, ain't never jumped off, that, off the counter and went out and hit, killed nobody. They never harmed nobody. But there are people that think the 53-year-old man with no criminal record doesn't have enough sense to own a firearm. But they think a five-year-old child has got enough sense to decide their gender. If it ain't time for the church to get involved, I don't know when it will be. We have got to wrestle this away from those folks. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it is flat out child abuse. Take your children and tell them they have to attend school. Don't have a choice. And then some of them will tell them they don't want you to have a choice where they go to school. You have to send your children here to school. Then when they get there, what do they teach them? Teach them a bunch of stuff about how to hate America. Teach them a bunch of stuff about why they're racist. Teach them a bunch of stuff about transgenderism and homosexuality. I'm saying this now, and I've been saying it, and I don't care who likes it. Those issues have no place in a school. There's no reason anybody anywhere in America should be telling any child, about transgenderism, homosexuality, any of that filth. And yes, I called it filth. And if you don't like it that I called it filth, come see me and I'll explain it to you. It's time for us to stop letting these children be abused at these schools. And it's not gonna happen till the people of God stand up and demand different. Same ones that established those schools to begin with. We talk about that critical race theory. Nothing agrees me more than when we talk about that. I want you to think about something. Think about how far this country has come in such a short time in race relations. Think about it. Think about where we used to be. Wasn't too God awful long ago you could have left, walked out the doors of this church and walked right down the street and see slave shacks. Wasn't too long ago. Some of those buildings are still standing right now. There are some people who knew folks who lived in that condition. Still, this day wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago when some folks couldn't go everywhere in town. Everybody couldn't go to school together, couldn't eat together, couldn't worship together, couldn't marry one another. We don't walk through all that pain and all that suffering and learn all those lessons and come together now we worship together, eat together, learn together, serve together. We got this country that's more racially harmonized than any other place on earth. And I dare you to find one that is. Now you got these morons. And yes, where's the camera at? I call them morons. Want to take our children into schools, and our teachers into schools and teach them a theory that says everybody is still racist. And not drive us forward, but drive us backwards. Not drive us closer together, drive us further apart. Amen. It's insanity. Right. And again, if it ain't time for the church to get involved, I don't know when it will be. The key to ending critical race theory that lion Raleigh, that Ross Washington, D.C. is sitting right here on these pews. And it lies right there in, the, in those uh, pages of the Bible where you'll find the ultimate truth. we got to stand up and start standing against this because education is not a political issue. It's a spiritual issue to be picked up by the church. And what else is an issue? Another issue is our veterans. You know, I, I, that passage in John, that says, no greater love than man have that man has than lay down his life for his friend. That don't describe nothing but a veteran. That don't describe nothing but people that have laid down their lives for us. Now, you think about this. Think about it. And I think about this all the time. There's somebody out there laying in their grave right now that never kissed a girl, never had a wife, never had children, never had grandchildren, never got to come home and smile with their families again. Never got to see the light of day. Gave up their entire lives everything they could have been. And why did they do it? They did it for me. They did it for you so we could stand here, sit here, worship free, be free. They gave up their lives for us. Does any man in the church should pick up at the beach to honor those men? Because those men and women are a blessing from God. And you look at people like that, Kaepernick and that girl, that soccer player girl, got all the advantages in the world that somebody else fought and died for. Now, somebody else done went to Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam and Korea and Japan and Germany. Fought and died for you to give you the freedoms you have. And you got the nerve to get down on your knees and disrespect those folks. How dare you? You ain't spilled one drop of blood for this place. How dare you disrespect the memory of those men and the flag that they represent. Church has got to pick up the mantle of those men, represent those men and speak for those men and speak for those men and women. Because we got women giving their lives now and we always have. You go back through history and look. Women have always been right down the battlefield beside their men dying from every war. We have courageous men and women in this country that have given their lives for that flag and what it stands for and given their lives for us. Yeah. It's time for the church to stand up and pick that flag up and carry it on in those people's honor and make sure that they come first and not last. And so veterans, it's not a political issue, that's a spiritual issue. It should be picked up by the church. Finally, what's, the, what's another? Goes hand in hand those veterans, that's these police officers out here. Yeah. One thing in this nation right now that's more dangerous than anything is what's going on with our police officers. Somebody had told me five years ago that some, again, some morons, because that's the only way to describe them, is gonna be running around in the streets, hollering Black Lives Matter, and saying that we need to defund the police I'd have told you you were crazy, but it's here. Let me tell you about police officers, if you don't know, and I'm sure all y'all know. But if you got friends and neighbors who misunderstand this, we need to tell them. Police officer is a man or a woman who gets up every day, puts on a badge, puts on a uniform, puts on a gun, gets in a patrol car, goes into a neighborhood full of a bunch of people that can't stand them, and risk their lives for the people in the neighborhoods who can't stand them. Who does that sound like? What does that sacrifice remind you of? Despised, disrespected, spit on, disregarded, underpaid, demonized, but sacrificing their lives for the very people who are doing that to them. Who does that sound like? There's ever a blessing that we have in this nation is that we still even have just one person that's willing to put that uniform on. Not only do we have one, we have thousands, hundreds of thousands that are willing to do it. Not because they want to get rich or famous or be the big man in town, because they know it's the right thing to do. They feel led by God to do it. And if, again, if there's a matter that'd, that'd be picked up By the church and by our pastors, it should be to defend the police, not defund the police. To stand arm in arm with them. See, because this is a spiritual issue. Policemen just didn't come up out of the ether just because. That same God who looked and said, I will bless this nation. He blessed this nation with men and women who would stand up and fight for it. He blessed this nation with men and women who would stand up and protect us on our streets. Now that he's given it to us across the nation, let me tell you this. There is no other place on earth that is patrolled and policed like this land. Other people come from other countries and they are amazed that we have police officers that are as honest as they are. They don't understand it. They don't understand how in a nation this size, all police officers are not corrupt. They don't understand it because where they come from, most of their police officers are corrupt. But in this nation, God has seen fit to give us good, decent men and women who are willing to do this difficult job. And what have we done? How do we repay them? Talk of defunding them. Are you kidding me? So many in the church have been silent and been afraid to speak up. They've been browbeat by folks like Black Lives Matter. Let me tell you about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives do not matter to Black Lives Matter. You know how I know that? Because if they did, you know where they would be instead of being at the police station? They would be down at the gang hangout in the drug dealer's house, burning that down. They'd be down there at the abortion clinic, burning that down if black lives really mattered. Don't be afraid of those folks. Those folks are nothing but socialist liars and netwits. They don't have the truth on their side and they don't have God on their side. And again, these police officers and law enforcement in general, it's a mantle the church needs to pick up and carry, and fight for and believe in and not be afraid to do so because it's not a political issue. At its core, it's spiritual. Now having said all this, about all these issues, nothing, none of this will make any difference. None of it will make any difference without one thing. Without one thing, and that's you. And none of you won't make a difference in the fight unless you make that decision. And what is the decision? Is it the decision to stand up and fight? Maybe? Is it this decision of what political side you'll stand on? Maybe? The ultimate decision you make is whether or not you're going to go to heaven, Whether or not you're going to go to hell. Being a Republican lasts that long. Being a Democrat lasts that long. Being an American last that long. Where you go after you leave here lasts forever. Think about this. The first day, tomorrow, tomorrow is the first day of eternity. Forever. Every day when you wake up in eternity, it will be the first day of eternity forever. Forever. There ain't no clock in eternity. You'll be there forever. And the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is whether or not you'll follow Jesus Christ and give him your life or allow the devil to rule your life. It ain't got a thing to do with politics. It ain't got a thing to do with your nationality. It ain't got a thing to do with your color. i me tell you this right now. I believe we're going to be real shocked about who we see in heaven. And I think we're going to be more shocked about who we don't see there. So that's the decision we need to make today. Before we move forward on any of these issues, fight for any of these issues, we got to make sure that we get ourselves right. We got to make sure that we get right with God. We got to make sure that we stand with both feet, both feet, not like I used to be. I used to stand firm with both feet. One foot in one world and one another. And walked that way for many a year. Many a year I walked that way. And my life went nowhere. I was not useful to God one bit by having one foot in his world and one foot in the world. Wasn't useful to him a bit. It was only when I raised up that other foot and put it on his side that I became useful to it. He gave me what I needed to do in order to do his will, not my own. And so today, as you think about all those issues and how we can combat all those issues and pick up the mantle of those issues and fight for those issues, the very first thing you need to do is ask yourself, am I ready? And the only way you're really going to be ready as a warrior for Christ is to give your life to Christ. So I'm asking you today. Have you given your life to him? Have you given your life to him? You think about it deep, and if you hadn't, I encourage you to do so, folks, because we need warriors on this side. We need warriors who are standing in the camp of Jesus Christ. I don't need warriors necessarily to stand in with Republicans, Democrats, and nobody else. I need warriors who first decide they're gonna stand with Jesus Christ and stand on his word, because his word is infallible. His strength cannot be matched, and he will not be defeated. See, because I done flipped to the back of the book. And I don't care what Joe Biden says, and I don't care what anybody says. God's people win in the end. We'll stand victorious as long as we stand with him. So I ask you, are you ready? Are you ready for this fight? Do you stand with Jesus? Have you asked him to be your savior? If the answer is yes, then come on, let's go. But if the answer is no, I encourage you to fall down on your knees and say that prayer and ask him to come into your heart. I remember distinctly the day I got saved. I don't remember what the preacher said. I don't even remember the preacher's name. But I knew when I walked out of that service that I was saved, that I was changed. didn't happen overnight, but I knew I was changed and I was on my way to someplace different. Than I had been previously. And so that's what I'm gonna leave you with. Get ready for the fight that we got ahead to save this nation. And the best way you can do that is to fall down on your knees and ask Jesus Christ to save your soul. And then ask Him what He wants you to do to carry out His will. You do that and if we do that all across this nation we'll continue to see this nation thrive. We'll continue to see it live and future generations can look back and look at us and say that we were the people of God who saved this nation. Not some political organization, not some guy in Washington, not some guy in Raleigh. The man or woman sitting on the pew who believes firmly in Jesus Christ. So make that decision, folks, and then let's move forward and do what's right. God bless you all, God bless this church, and God bless the great state of North Carolina. Thank you very much, thank you all. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank y'all. Thank y'all.
0: Thank y'all. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.